Man of a right right is the right to be forgotten. I don't know. Oh. I'm not a criminal, but there's something very appealing about that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final episode of Data Protection 101 podcast. This is where there's supposed to be a sound effect, but I'm no sound engineer. But it has been an amazing run. It was very stressful to record, but the product and the feedback we get after every recording, after every episode is released, but what kept us going. Unfortunately, it was not enough to keep me going continuously, and I didn't have the mental bandwidth to go on with it. This is not the best way to start a podcast, like <laughs> such a bummer, but this is how we are starting today's episode, but it gets more exciting and more lively because I have lovely, amazing people who can stand my voice. Because it takes a lot of mental and emotional energy to listen to this voice more than once. But I have them here. I have two lovely ladies here as guests on the show. And we'll be doing a quick review of the high points or what we found most interesting about the data protection podcast. So, yeah, as I said earlier, this is the final episode. You might not hear my voice on the podcast again. I'm sure some of you just said, oh, praise God. Thank Jesus. But, (laughs) well... Nobody sent you a message. Oh, I'm supposed to be nice on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. So I have two amazing guests here. I have a boss today and I have precious here with me. Amazing ladies. We're just in before I pressed record and it was really cool. I think I talked too much. But well, let's just have them introduce themselves. Hi, precious. Hi. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. So I'm precious. John I'm a lawyer. And I was called to buy a few months ago. July that's quiet. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Dealer. <laughs> so currently I'm serving, I'm doing my youth service now. And I serve a founder institute and we, it's a pre-seed accelerator. So generally my work is with startups and that's just it. I work with startups. So yeah, and that's what even drew me to data protection because I promise you, I'm not lying. Three weeks ago, I didn't know what data protection was all about. I've just been hearing it, but it was not something for me to gain insights on. And that's what led me here to Victoria, of course. And it's been, it's been, it's been a wonderful experience so far. And it's, it's, it's a really interesting part of practice. And it's something I hope to delve into further as time goes on. So yeah, that's basically it about me. I'm still learning as everybody. We are still on the journey. We are getting there. Everybody's still learning. We are just coming. <laughs> Most of us do not know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so very nice to meet you, Precious. I know founders in I've heard of them. Ah, Airpods. Airpods, yeah, Precious. <laughs> Please, we'll talk after the podcast. Don't let me expose myself on this podcast. <laughs> But thank you so much for joining me. I also have Abosta Day here. So Abosta Day, please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Abosta Day Azan. I am a 500-level law student of Obafemi Aulo University. I like to call myself a data enthusiast or a data protection and tech enthusiast. But the very funny story is, I was supposed to pick a project topic and my story is quite similar to Victoria's story when she started the old podcast, I think in the first episode. 
Mm-hmm. I was supposed to pick a project topic after my first semester exam. I went, my friend advised me to just keep reading on anything that catches my interest because all through my year in school, I found nothing except for family law, which I'm sure I don't want to write the project topic on. <laughs> Would I have written on adoption? No, yeah. I, I don't like the lecturers that are taking family law, so I don't want to advise myself to take the topic on that family law. So I went on, on Twitter. It was basically on Twitter. I think the first thing I saw on data was on data analysis. So I, I was supposed to interpret it. I misinterpreted data analysis for data protection, I think. Then all of a sudden, DigiLaws posts came up, popped up as well at the same time. I saw data protection 101. I'm like, oh, fine. Like, since I mistook data protection for data analysts or something like that, maybe I should actually check up what this is about. So I, I listened to her podcast. That was the second podcast where she was talking about how she got into data protection. I'm like, oh, okay, nice. Then I listened to the one before that one. I think there was one where she was so like an intro. And I'm like, I should yeah. actually yeah, yeah, yeah. I should actually listen to this um, podcast very well. And if I find it very interesting, I would continue. So I was at home for about two weeks. I listened to for like two episodes. I can tell you, the, Victoria, I was, I, I was actually, I went back to check the um, NDPR after I think the second post podcast. I actually read the NDPR. I'm normally, when it is anything related to law, I digress or I actually lose interest, except for family <laughs> law, which is like a very interesting story. I have to start like, I was, I started picking on every little thing, every site I go to, every, from like the very first beginning. And I told myself I was going to continue to the, with the podcast to the very end. And thankfully, I got my project topic on data protection and right to privacy under the Nigeria law. I'm, I'm about to start, but I'm sure it's going to be a very, very good experience and writing for me. And since you offered to help a little, I'm sure it's going to be a smooth ride. It will actually be more interesting because now it appears data protection is raining. So there are a lot of write-ups <laughs> and articles about it more now than when I was writing. So yeah, writing my own project, a lot of things that changed. So yeah, I remember I started writing my project before the NDPR came into force. Then the NDPR came into force somewhere in the middle of my project. So it was... Just, I just think it will be, it will be easier, it will be better to write now. The only thing now is that because people know more, you cannot write rubbish and get away with it. The way, <laughs> the way I wrote my <laughs> So yeah, it's so lovely to have you here. And I saw you kept referring to episodes of my podcast and I was like, mm-hmm, star girl. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. It means that I, I don't actually get direct feedback about the podcast. I almost never get direct feedback myself. So I'm not sure what the impact of the podcast is like. And I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that goes to the um, producer every time I say, what, what are the numbers? What's going on? I popularize the podcast, things like that, because that's not the reason I'm doing it. And mm. I don't want to lose, I didn't want to lose focus of what the real goal was, which was the enlightenment. Let everybody just know. And let's just just and have fun, which is what we're going to do on this podcast for probably the last time for this season. Someone said that I should not say never, say never. So we'll say for this season. I remember my friend said, if they want, if a company comes and says they want to reboot Data Protection 101 and they will pay you to host it, would that be enough motivation sure for you to come back for a second season? 
I was like, that is all the motivation I need. But nah, let's do On this episode, we are going to be looking back at um, the previous nine episodes of the podcast. And we're going to like do a very short recap of, of um, what the episode was about and what jumped, what, what we found most memorable. Hopefully, I will not be doing a lot of talking. I've already overcome already. People who think I like talking, I actually don't like talking. If you meet me in person, hmm. if you meet me in person, you will know what my real character is. So, yes, I hope my guests will do most of the talking. Amen. If you just say, so yeah, we start with episode one. Episode one was the pilot episode. I remember I just came to gist. And I read, I remember when I was recording it, I was just going on and on, no focus. But yeah, some people actually listened to it. So, um, the floor is yours. Episode one. What was memorable, memorable about the episode? Was anything even memorable about the episode? When I you think you already about, said something about it. When you talked about your experience, how you got into, how you got into picking your project topic, I think that was what struck me the most. Yes, for me too, it was, yeah, I, I said your, um, when you explained your journey, how to get, how you, how you got your project topic. Because for me, I still remember my project topic. It was the most confusing period of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm terrible at making decisions, especially when I have options. So for me, was it corporate law? Do I write on corporate law? Do I write on human rights law? All my friends, everybody was writing on human rights law. My supervisor banned human rights because he was just tired of seeing human rights everywhere. Anyway, I finally ended up with jurisprudence. <laughs> mm, mm, the one course that does not have uh, no tail, no bearing, no front, no back, no meaning. So, and I think it was unique because he, I was the only student in my class who was a jurisprudent. I compared natural law and positivism and all the blah, blah, blah. And I did well. But then again, after I was like, I wish I had more options. I wish I had more options. I didn't know about data protection or anything of that sort. But I think if I knew of it, then it's something I would gladly jump into. So I really love hearing your story of how you got into data protection and the essay you wrote and you won the prize. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so it, it was, it was quite inspiring for me. That was the highlight of the episode for me. Thank you. Thank you. I, like when I look back at this data protection, I'm just like, there must be a reason why I landed here because everything was just, uh, I just picked project topic last minute because I wanted to copy my, one of my lecturers and PhD tests and then I was like, Nah, this is unoriginal. So I switched my topic. I I just tweaked my topic a little and it rendered the PhD thesis redundant. <laughs> like I could not dub again. Because I and this is I'm the one that changed my topic, not my supervisor. My supervisor did not change my topic. My mother went to my supervisor and said, Okay, I want to I want to tweak my topic a little. And it was like, okay, and automatically everything at the end the NDPR came into force, so everything just called. And then I wrote essay. I don't even know I won that essay. I don't know what the marker saw, but thank God though, it just led me down this path. I think everybody would find their path one day. 
I'm not sure this is the part I'm going to be on for much longer because uh, at work is finance. I'm just doing finance, finance, finance. But <laughs> we all <laughs> we all find out there. <laughs> okay, I. So we're going to move episode two. Episode two was on lawful basis for processing data. Or as some people say, legal basis for processing data, which I don't know where we import that one from. But the nomenclature <laughs> of the law is lawful basis for processing data of data subject. So this we're looking at the different lawful basis. I remember when I was preparing for this episode before I come to you ladies. Hmm. I had to go and read. I actually thought I knew data protection. But before I recorded every episode, the fact that I had to go back to read so that I will not come here. I will not come on the episode and start saying nonsense that people will be able to say, ah, what does this human mean saying like this? So I remember I had pages and um, pages of research, handwritten. I didn't type it this time. I wrote it out. I, I went to the people who gave us this in. The, the GDPR folks and the ICO, they had a lot of something I think that should do more. The ICO has like guidance materials for everything. Everything, automated processing of data, rights of data subjects. They have so much material on it for understanding. So that's why I went back to read, okay, when does this apply? When can we say consent? When does when can we not use consent? When can we use contract? When can you not use contract? Imbalance power, blah 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 blah. What have I looked myself into? And I didn't have a guest on that episode, so I could not hide. I had to really want to come and talk. It was it took it was a lot of work prepping for the episode. It was a lot of work. All the other episodes I had guests were just vibes. I'll just come and bring the story part of the of the podcast and they will bring the technical parts. But here I have to do the technical without being too technical. So I think it was one of those most difficult records. Do you remember anything about the episode? I just I remember a lot about the episode where you gave about six six points on lawful basis for processing personal data. I think there are six. You said consent, um, you talked about contract, legal obligation, interest, public, and legitimate. So let me ask, what's the difference between lawful basis for processing data under the NDPR and under the GDPR? Okay, for the GDPR, the GDPR specifically spells out that the legitimate interest of the data controller while the NDPR says the legitimate interest of the data subject, which you said that you still want to question them or you'll be questioning them why it is data subject and not <laughs> data controller. I hope I'm right. That was that was like really, really so close. The first thing, the thing is that it was actually not in the NDPR. The NDPR does not have legitimate interest at all. But all of a sudden... In the guideline of processing data for public institutions, they invented a new law called the legitimate interest of data subject. And like, what's many of that? I'm a big, I'm a big, I don't like to be insulting government institutions. I'm not going to do that. I'm a good citizen of this country. NITDA is doing a fantastic job. The thing is, it's not oh, amazing. 
legitimate interest of data subject does not have meaning. Where they copy the law from, they said legitimate interest of the controller for certain reasons. And they have the three tests. Know that they did not just land on the lawful basis and import it from heaven. There was a process before they thought, okay, this should be a reason for processing data. But we invented, we just invented one from thin air. If you want to dub, it's very important to dub well. Dub carefully. Very, 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 very important. <laughs> dub carefully and dub well. So yeah, I think I just, you reminded me of that time. part of the of the episode. Yes, but Nidda is doing a fantastic job. Well done, guys. Thumbs up. You can do much more, but great job. I know I was not being sarcastic. I hope nobody heard sarcasm in my <laughs> that voice. Feels, that feels sarcastic. Ah uh, no, I'm a good person. I don't. I don't do that. No way. Mm-mm. No sarcasm here. I only state facts on this podcast. So yeah, I'm sure that was a boss lady that spoke about the six lawful bases for yes. processing data. So she said contract, consent, legal obligation, vital interest public interest, legitimate interest. So I'm going to ask, which one is the most popular that you think people know the most in this life? Everybody's like, hey, did you do this? Did you do that? Anytime they say data protection, which one is the most popular? Consent. I think it should be consent. <laughs> ah, consent. Why? Oh, why? Consent is very important. I think Precious your speech. No, I was just that. saying, I was saying everybody's obsessed with consent. There's just a general consent obsession in the air. Yeah, like, oh, did you seek my consent? Oh, did you, <laughs> did you do this with my consent? Consent, consent. Oh, but, uh, okay, I was today, we're saying something. I was saying that consent is just very important because when you want to do anything or regardless of doing anything, you'd ask if they seek consent to anything. So it's just similar to what Precious is saying or said. Yeah, but Precious is like saying that there is a certain consent obsession. Like, for example, like, and there's a general, whatever, people think, and even the NDPR makes it appear that way, that consent is the lawful basis and every other lawful basis is like, oh, if it's impossible to get consent, you can now use the others. And that's not the case. The case is that they are all equal. The problem with consent is that consent is the worst lawful basis for a data controller. It's the best for the data subject because it gives the data subject so much control. But it gives the data controller so many problems because consent has too many rules. It must be freely given. It must be this unambiguous, granular, this, that. You can't breathe. You can't do this. Person must be able to withdraw. Person must be able to like. So for the data controller, consent is a problem. Consent is only nice for the data subject because it gives them so much control over what happens to their data. That's why the when you use the lawful basis that gives data subject the most right is consent. But all those other ones, they have fewer rights. For example, if you order something on the internet and you want them to deliver it to your house, I think it is implied that they are supposed to process your address. 
So it is not necessary for them to come and seek your consent again to deliver. That's what, right. Yeah, places where it doesn't make sense to use consent. That's why consent is not the only love. For example, someone is dying now and they take the person to the hospital. It just makes sense that the doctor says, possesses the person's health data, says the person's life, okay, what are the person's allergies? Are you allergic to penicillin? Are you allergic to this? Your medical history. But if the doctor just sits there staring at you that this patient was consent before I do anything, the person just die like chicken. That's that interest. So, <laughs> that makes, so sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Consent doesn't particularly make sense in certain circumstances. But that consent obsession is so common here. Yeah, using my consent. No, I don't need your consent. It's implied kind of. And the point is that there's no implied consent even you are using consent. I say. Before you say you want to use consent, make sure you cannot rely on any of the others. So let's give yourself a problem. There are so many rules around consent that make it a very difficult lawful basis to rely on. But it is very good for the data subject. Data subject doesn't have any problem. It gives them a lot of power and all that. Maybe that's why data subjects like consent so much because it's good for them. But as a data controller, it's not very wise to insist on content. It's not very wise. You are making life difficult for yourself. Yes. So the third episode was on data subject. Data subject rights. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh, that episode was so complex. You may not understand what they were saying yet. But anyway, so data subject rights. <laughs> Over to you. Over to you, precious. What? What? Do you remember about data subject rights episode? Maybe you had better love than me understanding what the entire thing. I remember the rights specifically and the the right to the right of access, um the right to erasure, the right to be forgotten, the right to be informed, the right to restriction of processing of data. And Basically, I think that episode was one of the longest episodes in family. Yes, it is. Close to an hour. Yes, close to an hour. So I had to listen to that episode twice. If I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so, it got to a little technical, but okay. It was, it was actually technical. So it was basically the right, and the right to be informed, the right to, um, object. Yes. Life object, and I don't know this from the episode. Okay, I think this should be the content of the right to reveal content. I think that's back to lawful basis for processing data. So it was basically the data subject rights I got from that episode. Okay, um, about said, what's your favorite right? My favorite right, automated profiling, automated decision. That's equal equates to profiling being subjected to profiling. So the data subject has the right to withdraw. I think so. I'm not sure if I'm going right. So it, it, I think that's probably one of those really cool, cool extra rights that are like, oh man, automated profiling. The right to like say, oh, I don't want to be subject to someone profiling me automatically. Automated mm-hmm. profiling is basically profiling that does not involve human beings. 
So because it's computer, and I think some of the technicalities around this is that the data you program the system might be biased. So there are some discrimination issues that tie into that right. And that's why the right is just super right and I'm not saying nonsense. One of the right rights is the right to be forgotten. I don't know. Oh. I'm not a criminal, but there's something very appealing about that. Right? <laughs> it's actually really, it's related. Then, yeah. I wanted to say it is related to the um one of the articles you wrote on that. I think on that of having your data being wiped off the internet and all. Yeah, the, I think the article I wrote up about that one was like, what happens to human beings later when they die? It's like, I guess, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember the topic exactly. But yeah, even, though, even without dying, the thing is that I can Google you now. And yeah. as, long, as long as anything you have on the internet that your name is tied to will pop up, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So people are like Google famous. But sometimes, you know, there's something called the internet never forgets. Yes. Like, yeah. When people post things on the internet, it's like, that's so foolish. The internet never forgets. Even if you delete it, you know, that people might have taken screenshots. And then the fact that nothing is actually deleted on the internet is also something that's very scary. The fact that you have deleted it does not mean it has ceased to exist. So the way to be forgotten is like, well, my favorite right that I can say hi, hello. I need you to delete any data you have on me. The, the, the only issue, the issue with it is that because of how sensitive the right is, it's not an absolute right. So it's not like I can call, it's not like you can call the police now and say, I need you to wipe out all the information you have about me, even my criminal record, if you're a criminal. It doesn't work that way. So the data controller can decide not to honor your request. But still, I think it's a very cool ride. You can just go under the rain and disappear. I switch your identity. I watch too many police and, and thief movies. So, yeah, it's a ride I really like. But the, the episode with Emitayo was like very high level. You know, all this our orgasm, the space. Mm-hmm. You just have to calm down and listen very well for you to get what they are saying. But yeah, it was one of those very intense episodes. I was like, ah, Victoria, you have to buckle up. You don't know anything. Oh yeah, it was a nice episode. This is the episode that actually won an airtime. Oh, really? Yeah. When I was asked Ah. the question, if there's anything I would like to erase from the internet. Okay, yeah, I saw that interaction. That was you. Congratulations. Cut so for me. I want to win something too. I've not won anything in a long time. <laughs> mm. The next episode is privacy notice. Yeah, I, I used to like, I used to get all, I got some of them while I was writing the script. Yeah, everybody in the God of But most of the other episodes are scripted. We don't write all the lines like in the movie, but they are not impromptu, and I don't, I don't spring surprises on my guests, so it's scripted to a certain extent. Privacy notice. What is a what what is a privacy notice? What does it entail? What was the episode about? So one person, I think we'll take one person on this one, and then move to the next one for want of time before we have another one hour plot episode. Like <laughs> the that subject, right? <laughs> Yes, so any mini money more. Who wants to go? Can I go? Okay, all right. So the 
the episode was basically talking about privacy notices and privacy policies. Mm-hmm. Privacy notices are external. They are they are the, the the episode differentiated between privacy notices and privacy policies. The privacy notices are external. They are for the data subjects. They do not require consent. Mm-hmm. Unlike privacy policies that requires consent, as you actually at um, accepting what the data controller is bringing up. But in Nigeria or in almost all the internet, like they majorly use privacy policies for privacy notices. Instead of privacy notices, they use privacy policies. And yes. Mrs. Balikis was able to break it. I think she was the one. She was yes, able she to was. break it down properly. Those book on cookies and yeah, giving consent. Yeah. yeah. That was the last part. Yes. Privacy notice, privacy policy. The line has become very blurred. Privacy policies for the organization. This is how we manage data. Privacy notices for the data subject is a notice. It's just like mm-hmm. if you give your your tenant quit notice and you say you need the person to consent to the quit notice. What's it own? <laughs> no, no, it's a notice. I'm telling you what's going on here. It's just like if you put a notice outside your house that dog is here, beware of dog. You now say uh, turn it to be consented. No, you are is a notice. This is what we do. It's a notice. So it does not make any sense. You now say consent here if you want dog to bite you under your beware of dog notice outside the gate of your house. It doesn't make any sense. You don't you don't consent to a notice. It's just like that. But the issue is that since it now and there's I think you spoke about how people now know terms and conditions, term of use. Privacy notice, privacy for everything that don't fit together in the same document and all these serious bad practices. I think I remember the episode now. It was very thin. Yeah, thank you, Tojala, for taking time out for that. So I remember the circumstances of recording. But that's another gist for another day, if another day comes. The next episode was with superstar confidence. She's always a delight to listen to, like always a delight. So yes, I think I've also said it to the last episode. So over to you, Precious. Yes, so I really enjoyed this episode and confidence is really super fast. So this I really love the episode. It's talk about um, passwords, <laughs> having the same password. For all your accounts, which is something I'm guilty of. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so, okay, so she explained why it's not, um, it might not be the best um, option having the same, um, same password for your account or having passwords that, um, Contain your personal data, say your name mm-hmm. or your or your partner's name or your best name, your birthday, whatever. Yes, my pet. <laughs> password, password, oh one, password, password three, password four, password five. <laughs> so and also the issue of uh, giveaway on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 
dropping an account and that it always feels suspicious to me like why i've always felt like i'm not being more paranoid at least i'm, I'm happy i'm not being paranoid but i don't see why i should drop my account here on the public domain but so, does he want to give you money now nah? i went there is <laughs> <laughs> you will not see it. So, yeah. Why it's not advisable to your account number? Because, I mean, most of these things, most of the social media reviews, phone names are there, email addresses, sometimes are phone numbers. By the time you're adding your account number, that's the complete package. That's you on the internet, physically at the moment. So, it, it was a really insightful episode, and I love the program she's doing. Um, um, spreading the word on cyber security and education others, and um, it's really a good job. I really enjoyed the episode, so that was my highlight for me. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I remember one, I, I was listening to Confidence at, a, at an event, and she was explaining how we might think all these things don't actually matter. You drop your account number here, you drop your name here, you drop your, your location here, you drop your number here you drop it here and she was explaining how that's how they view the gradual picture of you you drop hands here drop nose here small by small the picture is getting complete but it's not like it's not to make you paranoid i remember one of the things that came out of that episode over the weekend i was at a place where there was public wi-fi i remember i tweeted about it and i saw public wi-fi i was like and i get to a confidence face like shaking my head. She has this TikTok videos that she does. And she was this idea in my face, shaking her head. And I was just like, I can't even use public Wi Fi in this way. <laughs> so I was there for like three days and I did not connect to the public Wi Fi once. And I was always so annoyed every time I saw it. And I saw that if free Wi Fi that I can just download it. And like, then I remembered what she said about public Wi Fi, how it's public. Anybody can be on it. I'm called a public network. And I can get into your device. Anybody who knows what they are doing. And even though I don't have a lot of money yet, still I must protect my small, small coins before anybody run me street on this dangerous street. And I remember she said we should not be using free VPN, that some of these things are viruses in themselves. That episode was actually quite hard. And it takes a lot of time to unpack everything confidentially because she speaks very fast too. So she's just dropping hot, hot points like hot yam. And by the time you want to like, want to like decompress the whole thing, you see that she has said so, so, so much. So we move over to the episode, one of the two episodes with my boss in the industry, our mentor, our chairman, we know on lady, on cookies. Cookies. My favorite cookies are chocolate cookies, by the way. Chocolate cookies, Abby. They are necessary. They qualify as necessary cookies. You are very correct. <laughs> Chocolate cookies, fox. Um, uh, uh, there's this other one that is like fox. But yeah, chocolate cookies, they are premium. I unfortunately I like chocolate cookies, but I don't like chocolate cake. Well, that's another discussion for another day. So cookies, the major parts or the parts that struck me most was no before before now, I always see cookies and I always I don't and click on it but I don't accept cookies. But I got to learn that cookies is not just it's not just as easy as it is. It can also be dangerous. 
in many ways. And I also learned the benefit of cookies that is to be for authentication, for personal, to get personal information, which could be bad and good in both. And um, Ridwan also explained on types of cookies, necessary cookies, just like your chocolate cookies. Necessary, <laughs> very necessary for human existence. Yes, he explained, I on, agree. he explained on first party cookies that the cookies for the controller or the owner of the, or the, um, there's also third party cookies that the cookies belong, the cookie is persistent and there's also persistent cookies that different type of cookies. I remember I said persistent cookies are like monitoring spirits. Even if you clear your cash, delete your, uh, you clear everything, you clear your HP, the cookies are not going anywhere. They, they follow back. you everywhere, like monitoring spirits. Cookies episode. Mm, um, I remember something now, and I forgot it. But yeah, that episode, cookies, and the thing with cookies is that I now remember what I wanted to say. Me, if I see any cookie banner, I always do cookie settings. You know, they usually say allow all cookies. And then there'll be one tiny cookie setting. Yeah. The moment you give me that option, you are in trouble. I will open it and turn off every single cookie I can turn off and leave only the necessary one. That's what I usually do. Except there are some that don't bring options. There are some that don't bring options. Yeah, that one. The person will get away with it. So the cookie is just automatic. And there are some that they can say disallow all cookies. And that is also dishonest. Because there will still be cookies running on the website. It's not possible. There are necessary cookies that must run. So if you say reject all cookies, it means that no single cookie is running on the website. I'm not a tech bro, but I'm not sure that is possible. <laughs> so when I see it, I'm like, is this something to dishonest? So this website is trying to tell me they have rejected all cookies. There's no cookie running on this website again. So yeah, either way. That was that was one one of those topics that I'm like, oh, cookies, cookies is not cookies is not a, an area I'm very knowledgeable about because it could get very technical. It's not like it's not like, like anyway. It's probably because data protection on LinkedIn is different from data protection in real life. That cookie aspect is one of all those like extra technical aspects. You have to you have to run the website through a cookie checker, whatever. And all that, so it has all these interfaces. And I think in in the EU now they have specific laws for cookies that is different from laws for data protection because cookie oh, wow. cookie privacy, as they say, is like an area in itself. Because cookies are very, it, they are very different. They are, they have their own peculiarities that you cannot just subsume them under a data protection law. Some of the principles regarding data protection will not work cookies. To understand why they that why some countries that are more advanced than we are have decided to like set up specific laws for cookies. Next episode, I think this is my favorite episode actually. Telephone number recycling. I think that was my favorite episode to this episode. This episode six, I think, or seven. I've not it was seven. Yes, I've not listened to seven and eight. Can uh, I talk about? Yeah, I think it was my. Yes, yes, sure, please. Okay, it is basically on phone and telephone numbers and telephone recycling, where 
I think I learned a lot from Moses Fire where he talked yeah. about, but I never knew how the, um, the numbers come in place. Or I just thought like, oh, it's just people picking out of random numbers together. I didn't know there was a need to like recycle telephone numbers. But when you talk about the telephone numbers looking like land, the same way if um, a particular, the, the land belongs to the government, so the numbers belong to the government. And if the telephone number has not been used for a while, you can go back to the government. The episode was, was on true color. Yes. The episode explains the benefit of true color, how we get to buy numbers from roadside from the roadside i'll get to buy numbers from the roadside that's and the sim card will be registered you know in our name and i can actually bring a lot of problems there was there's this story of the man that got a sim but belonged to Gwari's daughter and he was he was put in jail by the dss later sued for quite a huge amount of money and the court actually gave him the 10 million but i'm not sure you see that 10 million to collect from dss i remember yeah, the case that was the, the first there's also the issue of a number recycling and number use the most descriptive story was the one of how the numbers related to land the, the numbers numbers are just like the users and if you don't use it for a number of times it goes back to the government just same way as land does and probably before now, i actually thought numbers were just picking the random numbers and, and putting it together and giving it to people but i learned that there are actually ways to get in the numbers and we can also keep our numbers for a certain number of years yeah i actually learned a lot on that episode i remember i i want the new thing that goes that you can actually pay to keep your number active if you're out of the country now i have a number that i've not turned off the phone for a while now I think I should actually go and do that before it's 180 days and they give my number to somebody else. Yes, so I think I'm going to do that. But I remember where where I was talking about how the reason why you can buy pre-registered SIM is that those people register it. They pre-register the SIMs because they get some kind of commission for registering SIMs. So they register those. So I remember one day I went to do my nails and the guy came and said, ah, SIM. The lady was like, she's not having nine. He said, yes, she has SIM for her. But that one is 1K. For the regular SIM that you will need your nine to register is 500. So things like that. And also when we now get the SIM, and different people keep calling you, like they were calling my MTN number at the point in time. I think they've come to realize that that's not the owner. So when, when people start calling you so much, trying to get a new SIM, and you're wondering what's going on. The very high probability that your SIM card was recycled. Remember, we looked at the privacy and data protection implication of something that looks so silly. I remember a story of the, I think it was in Germany, I, I don't remember it so very well, of one number that everybody that has used the number for the past 10 years has been murdered mysteriously. And the country had to discontinue the use of that number. Yeah, I remember that. So I, I, it was my favorite episode to record. I had a lot of fun recording that episode because I had too many experiences to share. The episode was was just agenda episode. I had an agenda for that episode. So yeah, I really enjoyed recording it. Next episode was cybersecurity for businesses. The girls in All the cybersecurity, they have serious money. Just know it. Serious money. All these people, they are just humble. All these fake humility. Serious money. So this episode <laughs> two, the team be at ah, it was it was one of those 
episodes that were difficult to schedule because Cindy had to be, uh, uh, I think it's like usually really boom. She's not an easy person to, to get, to reach. She's not an easy person to reach, but I'm so glad she came through. It was an interesting episode. It was, a, it was quite a short episode. Yeah, it was a short episode, but it was quite interesting. Um, I think it was special that said she had not listened to the last two or three episodes. This was episode eight. So over to you, Abbasedi. Well, this is one of the episodes that I'm not really conversant with because I thought it is similar to that of episode episode five. That's cybersecurity one on one. But basically, just talking about businesses, how small businesses be careful as regards cybersecurity and the measures they should take. And um, they should get an insurance. I think I got the insurance pass for cybersecurity. They pass to have yeah. like, the cyber insurance. I remember I have a guide on cybersecurity for small businesses. Remember when I was trying to write that guide? Do you know the most difficult thing to write in the guide? Spoofing and fishing. I was stuck on it for two days. Everything I read, I'll be like, so what's different? No, like, so why are these two ideas different? For over two days, I was reading spoofing and fishing. And I was like, no, this don't matter. These two things are the same thing. And I, I was, I wanted to different them in the guide. Cyber security for small businesses. So I remember, um, we were able to get some of our questions that were our points. Cyber security, the funny thing is that there are statistics that show that small businesses are more vulnerable to attack than larger businesses for a lot of reasons. One, they don't care. They say, who is going after my cover, cover? No cyber security job. So there's no cyber security budget. There's no cyber security team, no training. It's just me and my shop and my POS and things like that. And those people are the most, are more vulnerable to attacks than larger businesses. We know that other businesses might be like, oh, the effects might be more widespread. For example, if there's a data breach in Facebook, that's billions of people. Well, not if there's a data breach in my Marisica POS shop. You know, it might seem like, oh, that's just, the effects might be smaller, but these businesses should not say, oh, cybersecurity is not my business. That's for, that's for big guys and it's for tech companies. I'm just selling clothes. I only have few ways and I'm selling on junior. Nobody's, nobody's coming after my business online. It does, that's not true. In fact, they might have been doing it. You just didn't notice. So cybersecurity is like for every kind of business. Now every business needs to take precautions with cybersecurity. Episode nine was the last episode, also with read one, right? Yes. yes. So, um, precious, you said the seven and eight is not listening to. Yes. So episode nine was one of those. It was an unscripted episode. <laughs> Let me <laughs> confess that one. It was an unscripted episode. We recorded under a lot of pressure. But because of failing deadlines, I, I not turned in my episode. That's why the release was late. So that was my bad. Okay. On a scripted episode, with, um, released under a lot of pressure. And then, fortunately, read one came through as it always does for me. So it was about how our personal data, how our actions affect the privacy of others. So I want to ask you, what, how do you think actions, your actions affect the privacy of other people? That's for both of you, because this one is like not particularly related to the episode, but like through life circumstances. Do you think 
your actions are isolated and it's only you in this world the actions affect you is it possible that something you do can affect the privacy of other people around you yes in many instances after listening to the episode i've actually been very conscious of what i post about people on my status on whatsapp for instance but even still i yesterday i posted something very funny about my brother and i'm sure you would have hated me. You would have. You would not have loved for me to post such. <laughs> In many ways, when people actually have sex with privacy of others, another very beautiful story will be this Tiwasavit saga. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That that's point on. That's like very practical. Yeah. That's a very practical example. Someone else went to post it. Yeah, and that one is even a crime, apart from the fact that our privacy mm-hmm. is being breached, but it's also a crime a lot of things on the internet i take instagram videos like where i was there i took a video and then i saw people in the background i was like hmm i wanted to post it and i was like hmm what if this person does not want other people to know that the person is here right now like <laughs> so i i don't think i posted it in there no i didn't i didn't but after i posted it and i thought about it i took it down like before anybody viewed it like a minute later because they were random strangers and i'm like why so yeah it's quite 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 common i remember the example of delivery people and your house address that one is me it's me that i'm shading in that episode i'm the one being shaded because i hate living so delivery man after delivery man they already know me at my estate gate that ah someone is giving that that's buying something <laughs> but yeah exposing the personal data of every other person i live with i'm exposing them outside yes. if it's the ideal vendor do me out vendor do me out food go through this like a hey god is there any delivery company in this world that does not have my dress <laughs> but mm, i'm going to watch it because i have an episode on it i should practice what i preach right I should actually allow someone. Yes, deliver something to me as a star girl. Eh? Hey, uh, yeah. Let's discuss this on our podcast before someone thinks that I have Ahmad <laughs> and, and they start asking for giving. <laughs> but please, I have no Ahmad. I am still actively seeking help. Uh, let's just put this. Let's put it out there. It's not just going to assume that I have Ahmad. Ahmad, yeah. I don't have trust funds, so I have no Ahmad. I'm not inheriting the money. Yeah, I mean, us lack. So let's just be guided. So we've run through the nine episodes of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Which thank you to all the guests I had in the country. So yeah. Hey, I remember I had, I had scheduling issues with confidence. I bung- I just bungled up the scheduling and all that. We were not able to record the day we scheduled to record because I I made mistakes scheduling and all that, but she still came with that busy schedule. So I'm very grateful. And from now to next, thank you so much for the podcast and your support all around. Ridwan is just a super, super amazing person. Then Moses, my guy, thank you so much. As I, as I said before, that was even my favorite episode to record. Moses is like my personal person. Thank you so much for coming on the episode. Symbiot, hmm. It was what to get you on, but thank you so much for still trying showing up. You know, as boss, I'm a personal person. It was just, it was amazing. 
precious and a boss lady thank you so much for coming on my podcast no you were not like oh who is this victoria where is she from i beg thank you so much for coming on my podcast <laughs> i am very 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 grateful and to everybody who has listened you know i, I think um aki shared a start of a meal we got that our podcast was like was doing numbers in hong kong for tech and i'm like Oh, okay. Yes. Why? But all I can say is thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm not privy to the numbers. I don't know. I don't know how popular or widespread the podcast is, but to anybody who has listened to even one minute of one episode, apart from the fact that you used your data, you used your time, and you listened to my voice for even one minute, that's a big deal. You deserve a medal. So thank you so much to everybody who has listened. My guest now today listened to have listened to seven, eight episodes. Like, what? Who does that? Thank you so much. I'm so like I'm so grateful. This is like all oh, my thank you, thank you episode. I say thank you to all my friends that encouraged me to do the podcast. Thank you to DG Law. Thank you, Aki, for I didn't suggest the idea of the podcast, actually. I was thinking about it, but I wasn't taking it seriously. And Aki came and said, let's um, want you to anchor a data protection podcast. We'll handle the logistics and all that. You just handle the creative parts. You can do the podcast anyhow you like. So I'm going to say, okay, we'll have guests. We'll do this. I tell you, they don't, they don't change creative independence. So thank you, everyone, for designing our I don't know, in my head, I call up. I call up in my head to the episode. I almost never have issues with them. I like how they look. They're not too colorful or blinding. They're not too busy. They're not childish. So, covers coming on time. Thank you. So, yeah. Yeah, you have been an amazing run. I will come back and say thank you once again. I've said it and precious. That's probably the first time I'm doing it. But you guys, I don't know how much it means. To me, I don't usually, I don't usually get feedback directly for the episode. So having to speak to you today and you actually remember some things from the episode, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I actually said that. Okay, this is actually you feel that, and it's it's such a great feeling. So thank you all so much. Any last words? My last thought: We are love to like hear more of the podcast. I think you should actually reconsider continuing the podcast this time around. Profile, one of them is anymore. Now we are going into a new session of data protection. Ah, all the best, though. I pray God we send you a comforter that will comfort <laughs> you in this time of data protection podcast needs. I must go to my father. God will send you a comforter. <laughs> so this is it. So now that the word is out there, I'm actually really glad that there's that data protection is now popular. There are so many data protection enthusiasts now and experts in code. So it's it's something that would probably gain more ground. When there will probably be more podcasts, and then when I when I get a hang of what I do in my job. Just maybe I might reconsider bringing back podcasts. But for now, I need to take a break 
and focus on me and yeah i'm going to miss the stress that comes with that comes before recording no i'm not going to miss the stress that comes before recording but i'm going to miss the interactions with the people doing recording because when you speak to someone within the space there's even if it's a five minute conversation you you get to learn something new i think that was my favorite part of the podcast the fact that that i am hosting but I am still learning. I think that was my favorite part of the podcast. I learned so much from the podcast and it, it has it has boosted my CV too. Thank you very much. But yeah, that's just it. This is who I am. I'm, I'm not coming on this podcast. So there are a lot of things that I should not be saying. <laughs> that should be censored. But I've said it like that. But you will still listen anyway. So yeah, this is me saying... There's something in front of my, my, I don't know, is it Amma Mata we call it? My alumni, time. but now I think I know the difference. In front of my alumni, Amma Mata, what they say is, it's not goodbye, but see you again. What will be though? So it is, it is see you again, maybe in another season, maybe on the streets of Lagos, maybe at a conference sometime in the future. Can, you can still interact. Tell us your podcast or the one thing you've taken away from the podcast or how you've learned anything from the podcast or how you found the podcast. Let's just keep the conversation going. Turn to read the NDPR with a small document and stop asking me basic questions. Um, we should consult other websites, Google stuff. Let's like have a curious mind about this thing. It's, it's an evolving space. So we don't have experts like that. We don't have um, pillars of data protection who are human beings. It's anybody's market. So anybody that can do the work can come in and take over the space. I think that's my favorite thing about the data protection space. It's any man's game. The fact that you just said about yesterday does not mean that you cannot. In this space, everybody's winging it. Anybody that is forming a fact, just winging it. We are all winging it. So yeah, but because it's built to the body of knowledge, so we should read more and write more, speak more about it so that we can build the body of knowledge. So the same way we have pillars of election petition and land law, all those areas of law that are very rigid, family law, contract, they're already rigid. This is the building process. This is the beginning process for data protection. And I think it's it's a space that is currently lucrative and will be even more lucrative if money is your motivation. There's money in data protection. I have not yet seen it. But I know some people that are balling. So so I know that there actually might be money in this thing. <laughs> so thank you very much. When I see it, I will share the experience, but I've not seen it. So yeah, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Bye. Victoria, for having us and uh, for the for the crash course on data protection. See you around. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Data Protection One One Podcast. The podcast was hosted by me, Victoria Ollone, and produced by Digilog. Until we meet again, stay safe.